Spectre Creative Studio. Everybody is enjoying themselves to their fullest extent. It's a wonderful sight seeing people genuinely enjoying themselves. There's no false pretense about this whatsoever. Hello and welcome to What's Cool, a podcast about passions and everything else. Today we have Champagne Rodriguez, digital creator and beauty influencer, speaker of truth, and the Countess of Fabulosity. Thank you for joining us today, Champagne. Hey, thank you for having me. This is so cool. I, I love like podcasts and I love listening to them. So this is like a fun treat for me. I'm excited. I know. I feel like it's like weird podcasts for people. I don't really know people who talk about podcasts a lot, but then the people that I've like, you know, kind of thrown the idea by like, oh my God, that's such a good idea. I totally listen to podcasts all the time. So, you know, I think it's like, let's start normalizing podcast conversations like we do with like music conversations, you know, like who's your that's favorite? That's so true. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, cool. I feel like I love, I love podcasts because I feel like if I'm like lonely and I feel like I'm like in a room with like all my friends, even though I'm like just listening to other people have a conversation <laughs> I <laughs> like, know. Yeah, friends from this podcast. Dude, <laughs> I love, <laughs> yes, I love my favorite murder. And so, I don't oh, know, same. oh God, Karen and Georgia are everything. So whenever yes. I'll like talk to people, like, you know, like Karen and Georgia, they were talking about the other day and they're like, who? Like, yeah, my friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so funny. Cool. Oh, I love it. So you can find Champagne on her Instagram, underscore Champagne Taste, and also on her YouTube channel, Champagne Taste. So before we get into all of that, I wanted to, I know you a little bit personally. I mean, I feel like I know you well, because we definitely are social media, like, friends in that way. But we we did have a class together a long time ago. Um, yes. How many years ago? Like, oh my God, I don't want to say, I feel like I'm going to age myself. Like, no. <laughs> oh my God, I'm an old bitch now. <laughs> that class. Oh my God. It was a long time. Um, like 2014. What year yeah. is it? Oh, oh God. It's yeah. 2085 right now. Ah. <laughs> March was 2020 and it's been like several years since then. It's been Literally. 60 years. Exactly. So I know that you're from California originally. So how did you find yourself in Georgia? Yeah. So, well, you know, like most big life changes, um, essentially I moved from California, um, because I had, you know, there was a guy and mm. there was like a whole situation and it was real messy mm. and real ratchet. And I was like, you know what? I just need like a change of scenery. I need to just like be out of here. And it just so happened to coincide with my grandmother who was needing some, you know, some help, just someone like, you know, around the house to kind of be around. And, you know, right. I hadn't seen her in a while and she happened to live in Georgia with my aunts. So, I decided to kind of just take a summer break and the summer break turned into like me being in Georgia and it's being like, you know, it's just so much calmer and like slower yeah, than that. LA. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, Oh, this is like hella peaceful. Okay. Like I'll just kind of hang out here for a while and then right. start applying to colleges. And I just cool. ended up staying. Like I called my job back home and I was like, yeah, like I'm not coming back. <laughs> You're like, Hey, that vacation out here in Georgia, it was, is extended. Yeah. <laughs> It was, it was like a very dramatic thing for me to do. I, I was like, I, I went back home and then I just said like, Hey, like, 
you know, I'm done. And I just left. And I, I don't think I've ever made such a like swift decision that way before. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was really impactful to my life because I feel like I'm a very big proponent of like change your environment, like change your vibe. Yeah. And my, my entire perspective of like the world changed. Um, Wow. Some for, for better, some for worse. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely hey. a culture shock. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was bit. like, what is going on? But mm. um, yeah, for the most part, it like kind of centered me a little bit more and mm. it helped me like be less concerned about what people thought of me and more concerned about what I thought of me, right. which is ironic coming from someone like from LA right. and also ironic for someone who like has a YouTube channel, right? Like, cause it's like, right. oh, I became less concerned what people thought of me. And then all of a sudden I started doing YouTube. Yeah. Um, it takes a little bravery though. Happened. Well, I think it takes a certain kind of like, um, I don't know, like you have to kind of shed that idea of like, oh, people are going to judge me. People are going to say whatever about me to really kind of be like, fine, I'll do it. Like when I started the uh, podcast, I was like, oh my God, I do not want to listen to my voice, but it's like, get over it, bitch. Like you have to listen to yes. your voice. You're going to have to edit those damn videos because I mean, but at the end of the day, like people who are listening, they're not nitpicking every single thing about what you're insecure about. They're like there for the entertainment value or for, you know, for information. So I think that's awesome that you were able to find the freedom um, coming here. I found the same thing too. It's like I didn't, leaving Augusta helped me get that place too. I feel like it's a home thing, you yeah. know, like. Yeah, you have to leave home. Yeah. Yeah, definitely to get out of your space, get out of your element. Cause it's like, who are you when you're not at home is like who you are are and who you are at home is like who you are around your family, which is like, I don't know, the diet. Yes. And you know what I think, I think too, um, a lot of it for me was I kind of had like, I had a very secure network of like people Mm -hmm. in Southern California that like I had either gone to to high school with or middle school, like I grew up with and like, they knew me very well. And like, they knew the most horrible, like embarrassing things that ever happened to me. They knew like, you know, it, it became like this kind of thing where instead of becoming like, instead of becoming, I was like adhering to what I had been. Yeah. So I didn't have a chance to like develop because I was consistently like trying to maintain whatever image that the people at home had of me. So once I moved, it was kind of like being able to like recreate myself. Like I love a diva who can recreate like Madonna. Like I moved to Georgia and I was like, (laughs) I'm a new person. (laughs) Like where's the cone bra? (laughs) Yes. I was like, you know what? This is an opportunity to like be who I want to be instead of like being worried about what everybody else thinks I should be. Hell yeah. Which is cool. So you are involved in a lot of like what I think is different things. Um, You know, as far as like being in the military, doing, being interested in medicine, doing the beauty thing. What made you want to explore, like, I would say these vastly different areas. Like, how did you get into like, bouncing around? Yeah. So I would say for YouTube, for me, it was just like, it came out of like, um, like more of like a need or a desire to like see things that I wasn't seeing on the platform. Queen. And I was like, okay, well, no one's doing this or like, Mm -hmm. oh, I want, I want like, you know, to look for, you know, this wig or I wish someone was doing like a a makeup tutorial that was like, you know, extra or silly or goofy. Like I was looking for a girl who acted like me 
but like loved, you know, playing in makeup and trying different right. things and trying on wigs and like, you know, recreating herself. Like I was looking for that. Mm-hmm. And eventually one day I was like, why don't I just do it? Like, why don't I be the person that I want like right. to see on YouTube? No, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. I, that's kind of how I fell into it. Um, there's a strong learning curve with like being an influencer in general mm-hmm. and like, especially with YouTube, um, there's a lot more that like goes into, you have to genuinely like, like creating because if mm-hmm. you don't, you'll burn out like real fast. Um, for me, it was always just like learning new like techniques. So I started trying to teach myself how to learn Photoshop and Final Cut Pro and like mm-hmm. how to do transitions and like started writing scripts for my videos. It was like, it wow. became like kind of an obsession after I started. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. I'm into that. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, it's cool oh, to ahead. like do something that's yours, like create something. And it's like, that's my thing. Like I did that, you know? That's so true. Yeah. I've been making for a while. So like, I kind of forget that, um, that experience of like people who don't usually put themselves out there. Cause it does take a lot to put yourself out there and it takes a lot. Like the, the hardest step is literally just doing it. So that whole process of like, from nothing to something at the end is really rewarding. Absolutely. Like, I totally think that's dope that, you know, that, and it keeps you inspired. It keeps you wanting to make more, I bet. It does. And like, I, I remember seeing like some of your photos for the first time mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is art. Like I was like, so Wait. like obsessed. Wig. Like, okay. Oh, okay. Oh my thank gosh. You. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. I don't, I, I think like maybe my first comment on one of your pictures is probably so ridiculously fangirl. I was like, oh my God, I love this. I love it. Yes. <laughs> Dude, like I'm here for that though. I love that. <laughs> I've, I don't know, as a maker and especially like, I haven't found a community on YouTube or sorry, on Instagram of people that like, I mean, at the beginning, I don't know, it's, it's transformed. Like at the beginning of my Instagram, like, I don't even know what you like experience journey. I don't know. Yeah. It was mostly like people from high school or people that I like, it's like friends. And then eventually it turned into a business thing where I was like on Instagram looking for people who were making things that I enjoyed. And I was like, okay, cool. I can riff off of that or I can be inspired by this. But now it's totally turned into a whole different thing of like, it's like a pseudo community of makers. And so I love to like just people who I don't even know. I just like fangirl over these small people. They may have like 500 followers. They might have like 200 followers, but I'm like obsessed with some of these people and some of the stuff they make. And I feel like it's so microcosm and so small that you can really impact somebody's um, confidence and somebody's like, you know, just motivation yeah. to keep going. Yeah. And it's really like this, it's this huge community of like people who are like super creative and like, God, some some of these people are like so fascinating and like Mm -hmm. can do so many amazing things like with art and with their bodies and like just all kinds of just really cool shit. And I like, I would never, when I was younger, think of myself as like being creative. I was, I was always like a writer. So I love to Mm -hmm. write. I would love to write, you know, um, you know, short stories. I wrote yeah. books. I wrote like stuff like that. I, I, I just love to write. I never really saw myself as someone who could like, I can't draw worth a damn. Um, a bitch can barely sing. I was <laughs> like, listen, <laughs> I'm not like the most creative girl. I can't sew freaking, uh, you know, a patch on a, on a damn right. pair of jeans. Okay. <laughs> but I, I want, <laughs> I can sew a wig together though. So <laughs> I'm just like, you know, I kind of was like trying to find what my creative outlet was. And it was like definitely writing. So blogging mm-hmm. feels natural to me. Yeah. But I also sometimes feel like the things that I want to talk about are so controversial mm. and sometimes so like, 
um I feel like I feel like nowadays like everything like the the trigger word or like the happy word for everybody is like political but sometimes I'm like I'm not making things political I'm just talking about like you know something that feels right to me like right right is right like you know what I mean you are making it political I'm not making it political I'm yeah I'm like yes I'm like I'm not politicizing anything I'm saying that this is like you know, we're talking about like human decency and care Definitely. and like, you know, taking care of one another. Right. Um, you know what I mean? And like basic human rights for everyone. Hell yeah. And it's like, it's so crazy. It turns into like this really political thing. I remember I was having um, some argument with some troll on Twitter <laughs> about um, <laughs> something that he said that was very transphobic. Right. And so him and I are going like back and forth for like 20 minutes and I'm like, I need to stop doing that where I'll respond. But like, I know, girl. I feel so strongly about things like that. Right. I'm like, my blood is boiling. Like this raggedy motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like so frustrated that I, it gets to that point. But, you know, sometimes I want to like write about other people's experiences and like talk right. to them about like, hey, like what have you been through? And like, what was your journey like? And, right. you know, I, I think we could all learn something from other people's experiences. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of where this uh, idea of the podcast was rooted. It's just like the idea of speaking with people who are passionate and motivated and moreover, just like people who have gone through shit to get to where they want to be or like or, or are going through shit to get to where they want to be and just having a conversation of about struggles and difficulties and like keeping it very candid, you know? I feel like, can, yeah. like being candid is so hard especially like in the society that we live in as like everything's filtered everything like you were saying is politicized so like even words are filtered and yes I want to and I feel like and because we know each other I think you know how I am like I'm not easily offended but also like I have I'm very I'm very like dead set in how I feel about things and I am very like informed so it's yeah it's so much better to have a conversation with somebody even if you don't agree who are strong about how they feel and also informed about how they feel because you can actually have a fucking conversation, not just like, oh, well, yeah, talking points, you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Or like, yeah, exactly. Talking points are like regurgitated stuff or, mm-hmm. you know, anecdotal evidence like, oh, well, I have a friend that blah, blah, blah. Like, that's not like real. That's not a real thing. Really. Right. That's not tangible. That's not like that, you know, th- those aren't, that's not data. That's not facts, you know? And so yeah, it's exactly. frustrating when you get into those conversations with people where um, the only thing they're providing is like anecdotal evidence or, you know, the, the good old fashioned like attempt to just like discredit everything that you say in order oh, to yeah. somehow make themselves feel like their point is stronger. But I mean, you mm-hmm. can't, you can't build a point on like, you know, on like on nothing. paper. Yeah. I mean, well, exactly. Yeah. Like, there's nothing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, there's no foundation. There's nothing. I remember, um, yeah. Speaking of like Twitter trolls, I, uh, I, so it's Wendy Williams last, when was this? Oh, this was like over, I think it was. Oh over my Valentine's gosh, Day. Wendy Williams. Okay. So Wendy Williams, <laughs> I love a messy bitch. So she, <laughs> she made this, she made this comment and she said something about like men shouldn't wear dresses and heels. Like, and I see where, huh. Yeah. And it was kind of like, but it wasn't like you shouldn't wear it. It was more like, man, you, you know, you can try, but we, we wear the hell, the house down boots or something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, okay. but I saw what she was talking about. And I thought it was an interesting perspective on the conversation of 
not like trans women, not like this intersectionality, not non-binary. I think that was kind of, that wasn't really the focus of what her comment was. The comment was like, there are, I'm going to presume gay men, not necessarily, but like there are gay men who are wearing dresses and heels. And usually for, I mean, however long before, I mean, let's say the past hundred years, those have been reserved for women. So I thought it was an interesting perspective and I don't necessarily agree with what she was saying, but it was an interesting perspective for someone who is like a cisgendered woman who is older and she's in her fifties, who has like lived a certain kind of lifestyle also pointed She's very gay friendly, I think. Like, she's very, like, vocal about her gay fans. Like, she's never, I don't think she's ever, like, been purposefully homophobic in that way. But I think sometimes she just says what she says. Like, she she says it like she means it. So she meant that. Yeah. And and so I commented, you know, and I think what she, she put an apology on Twitter. And she was like, I never meant to say this against gay people. I was just being funny, you know, whatever. Like, just, just Wendy Williams. If you watch the show, you fucking know. So yeah, I tweeted. It is storming in Augusta right now. I'm sorry. Oh, you're good. I can't even hear it. No, it's okay. It's like relaxing (laughs) ASMR. (laughs) No, but like I, I tweeted her. Unfortunately, of course, it was like right after she, uh, right after she had tweeted. So I was like the first reply that people saw, and I just like I just all I said was, "It's okay, Wendy. We still love you. Like we, I appreciate your apology, and like this is a like a learning opportunity." Well, girl, yeah. let me tell you what. They came out of the fucking uh, works. We do oh, not. I know they got your ass. Oh, they God. Like, we do not do this. Exactly. Yes. We do not agree with this. We do not forgive you. And I'm like, holy oh, fuck. God. And it was like that thing of like me trying to reply to every like, you know, every troll person, every like every Twitter, yeah. every retweet. And I was like, damn. And then I eventually it got like 80,000 impressions and was, um, it was like quoted by Yahoo and CNN or something ridiculous. And I was like, good God. Oh my but, God, I can't. <laughs> it was like insane. <laughs> I was like, this is not the viral moment I was wanting or expecting, but <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I was just like, it's so interesting just, you know, how people, I like that people feel like they want to voice their opinion because I obviously was the person who also wanted to voice their opinion, but I wasn't even, I wasn't there to fight. And it wasn't even like I was there to make a statement about how I felt about what she said. It was more over of like me saying like, as a person, as a gay person, I appreciate the perspective because it's not always meant to be so negative. And I think the biggest thing is that we need to let people who really want to learn from their mistakes, learn from their mistakes. And we need to give people the opportunity to like apologize and to move forward. I mean, yeah. And, And I think, like, in some situations, um, acknowledging, like, where that space comes from, right? Like, I know we were talking a little bit about Wendy and how she's a little bit older and, like, yes, she is, you know, gay-friendly, but you have to think about, too, I think, from, like, a very, like, and and I want to say, like, from a very unconsciously homophobic space yeah no absolutely a lot of women yeah a lot of women feel like it's an affront to their femininity or their womanhood for you know them to see you know a trans woman right they're like well i'm i'm a real woman like that kind of like Mm -hmm. aggressive like attack right and it's it's really just a a feeling of loss or like a disconnection from their own femininity where they feel like they are challenged when like that's not the point right right you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. So from that, 
And I think like, but that space is valid. Like, even though it might not be absolutely like encompassing of everyone's identity or it might not be absolutely like understanding of where everyone's space is coming from, it's still a valid argument. And I think like, for me, I've just seen, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to speak on like an opinion for women as a whole, but I find it interesting just as an observer, how women are definitely like victims of patriarchy and the scale yes. of um what's it called the scale of uh privilege or whatnot and like you yeah. know like where but everyone can also perpetuate it oh hell yeah they can oh, oh hell yeah. yeah and it's like yeah i don't know there's i just feel like there's a women should be able to have a voice and i think conversation needs to be encompassing and it's like you're not gonna learn from not from shutting everybody out and you're not going to actually yeah. open people's hearts not change people's minds open people's hearts yeah. to different perspectives if we're constantly like shutting people down if we're not hearing people out if we're not being yeah. open to conversation you know yeah I mean, I that's kind of that. how i feel about it i mean i'm definitely not gonna say that like i you know support that kind of mentality but i just feel like as a somebody who like i grew up in the south i have you know grandparents who are very christian and you know like i told them when i told them i was gay they took it really hard and i expected them to but it took a long time for them to come around and not that i agree with what they say or how they feel but i do see how being open having a conversation even if it makes you uncomfortable really does bring people just a little bit more enlightenment or it brings people like anecdotal evidence of like okay well this is you know what actually it gives you a space to voice your own opinion to those people. If you're engaging in conversation, yeah. it's like they can listen to you and you can listen to them, but you have to give them that space, you know? Yeah, but I think it also has to be like, you know, both participants have to be like willing to listen. Oh, like, so that. I've, yeah. So like in the midst of everything going on, like with George Floyd and like mm -hmm. the Black Lives Matter protests and things like that, like there's been, you know, all kinds of uproars all over social media. And, you know, right. there's a lot of people who are, you know, standing with, you know, those of us who are in protest of like police brutality oh, yeah. and things like that. And those institutions of mm -hmm. like systemic racism. And like, there are people who stand with us. And there are also like people who are like very much like these, I call them like, like sleeper cells in your life. No, absolutely. You, like, <laughs> that you never really knew felt certain ways. And you're like, Girl, like, yes, it's, it's shocking. And they like, show I some crazy shit on and on Facebook stuff. And you're like, what the fuck? Yes. Where the hell is this coming and from? I'm like, I'm like, where the hell did you come from? Like, right. I, and it always makes me concerned that I feel like some of those people are like telling people like, yeah, well, I feel this way. And like, I have a black friend. I'm like, I don't want to be that black friend. Like, don't reference me. <laughs> yes. It's not me, bitch. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you better, you, you better know? untag me. Hell yeah. Oh, right. No, for real. no. And I, I really think that's like, and it's like tokenism in an own way. Like I have a gay friend. Yes. This. I have a black friend who's, you know, it's like, hell no, I don't, you can't, don't pretend like you support me or don't pretend like you understand my struggle or my experience. Yeah. Perpetuating this like bullshit nonsense on your social media because it either gets you likes or you actually believe it like that's even scary. yeah and know. it's scary too because it's like if you actually believe that like how could you be friends with me yeah you know what i mean like no, absolutely what do you really think like what, what would you think if you got mad at me one day like you know right. what I mean? like would your like, whole would you opinion of me change right are you going to use this against me like do you say that you feel some type of way about me but on the other end like you actually feel like this about me as a whole i mean it is yes. it's a lot of dissonance in understanding relationships when you have you know people who are vocally um 
like you said, sleeper cells. It's so true. Yeah. It's crazy. So I like really like I'm practicing grace right now in all yes. of my interactions because before, you know, I used to drag a bitch like up and down social media <laughs> and I just <laughs> like, I had to put down the Powerade and the Twitter fingers. I was like, listen, mm-hmm. I am tired. I cannot be like stressing myself out because I'm like angry at these people on the internet. Um, and also like sometimes you just have to protect your space. Like some people, like you have to protect your space and your energy. Like some people mm-hmm. aren't really interested in like open dialogue and like right. don't want to learn but also I got to a place like where I felt like I was explaining like why why humans deserve to be treated like right. humans like yeah, whether yeah. it be like black people or you know queer people like I felt right. like why do I have to keep explaining that this is like human decency like the, the like I, I it felt so frustrating to where I got to a point where you know, others would say like, well, you're teaching them that, you know, not all queer people think this way, not all black people think this way, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And it just gets to an exhausting point where you're like, bitch, why do I have to be everybody's teacher? Like yes. I shouldn't have to educate everybody. Like Google is free. Like it is. I, I, and it like disrupts your energy, like having to do that. Well, so, yeah. And it's like, why, but why is that earnest on us as like oppressed people? Yes. Why is it our job? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think once you get to the point of like having to explain to people why everyone deserves like equal rights, you know, when you're, when you're like pulling (laughs) the fucking constitution, like, Hey, look, look at these articles, article 13 and 14. Like, no, Yeah. move on. It's like, no, no. it gets to the point where you're like down to the wire where you're like, so everybody has blood, right? (laughs) And they're like, yeah, yeah. Following you. And you're like, so some people when they migrated were further from the equator so right. they had less melanin and they're like all right following you and you're like and then other people remain close so they were darker and they're like nope you lost me lost yeah. me and I'm like, i don't understand <laughs> yeah i'm like but you know they're both the same and they're like Mm-mm, doesn't make sense doesn't fly right have you had any like personal attacks on your social medias like when you know like on the oh my gosh or on your instagram or anything like that yes are you really? kidding me so yes <laughs> and the general rule for like especially for like bloggers of color mm-hmm. is kind of like the you know that you are gaining like traction on social media or you're like gaining followers or views or whatever if you start like if the races come out like it's now like not even something that's shocking it's just like you celebrate it because you're like oh my god like more people are seeing my (laughs) pop the champagne (laughs) yes i'm like i must be getting more impressions because people who would never click on my videos are seeing my videos being recommended right like because if you clearly if you feel that way like you're not searching up like wig reviews or makeup reviews from black girls so um yeah that's how I know like oh it, it's like a common it's like a running joke wow. that it's kind of like oh the racists are out like your videos are getting big wow but it's yeah like, all the time that's insane. <laughs> I mean it makes sense like it, it's weird and I feel like that kind of mentality though is like the only way to combat the like the bullshit you probably have to deal with because like people are awful people can be negative people can be dirty so it's kind of like throwing that back in their face it's like oh thank you for your view bitch or thank you for the engagement it makes me like look better for these people Boop. <laughs> hey i'm back can you hear me <laughs> yeah 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 no worries <laughs> i didn't know if that was me or you but i was like oh no <laughs> no it's good all i heard was like a boom and <laughs> then you oh left and gosh. i was like oh shit she got electrocuted <laughs> No, we were good. It was probably my end. What is going on? It's okay. This is good. No, I'm glad that this happened because it hasn't happened yet. So it'll be like, this is a good learning experience just to know how to like jump back in. 
Yeah, and hop back in and record again. Yeah. Listen, I I started YouTube on like an external webcam. Wow. And listen, child, the ghetto. It, I, it was too much. <laughs> the ghetto. Like, it was. Not a white refrigerator. <laughs> listen, I love Nini. Oh my God. I've been rewatching Real Housewives of Atlanta and everything Nini says, like, I've just been dying laughing. Like, I, I just cannot. She's like, we'll find you somewhere to live. You have a white, not a white oh. refrigerator. Uh uh-uh. uh. Child. No, put your shoes on. We're going to find you somewhere to go. She's oh everything. Nini will let you know. She is. Nini is so funny. Um, yes. So the classic, um, close your, close your legs to Mary Ben. Yes. <laughs> or I'm going to give you this right here. Mm. I like that. <laughs> <one too. laughs> yes. Yes. Oh. Oh, God, God bless Nini leaks. Okay. I know. What's your go-to, like, if you're like, okay, I need to make a video. What's your go-to inspiration for starting that process? Oh, so like I will pull inspiration from pretty much everywhere, mostly like TV, movies, uh, fashion magazines. So I'll yeah. I'll think of like something I want I want to recreate. So whether it be like a look or like a vibe, even I'll be like, yeah, I'm feeling like really like fifty Stepford. Like let me think yes. of like what wig I want. Yeah, I'm like, what wig do I want to like recreate that? Like what mm-hmm. what does the outfit need to look like? You know, stuff like that. So I kind of go off of a vibe. Um, yeah, it can really be for, from anything. Like, in, inspiration comes from from anything, even from, like, music or, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. Awesome. Like, if I'm feeling some kind of – for me, I feel like lately it's been, like, decades. Like, I've been in, like, a mm. mood of, like, yeah. like, oh, I'm in a 90s mood or, oh, yeah, I'm in, like, a 70s flower child mood or, you know, whatever. It's like, that. that's been so kind of that. my thing lately. It's, like, different eras. You're, like, this is my 70s era. This is Yes. My, yes. <laughs> I know you I love horror films, right? Oh my gosh. Yes. yes. Let's talk about that because I like horror films too, but my favorite is Scream, which I think is, is that your favorite too? Scream is my favorite movie it's of all time. It's the quintessential. It is the best movie. It is. It's so good. It is. So Ugh. what do you like about horror films? Like what, cause I mean, I don't, I don't, I think what I like about them is the fuck you attitude of it all. And like yes. kind of the cultural conversation that happens from you know horror films but like what what gets you about horror films um what I love about horror films specifically like teen slasher films mm-hmm. I don't know why for me it's like the, the good old teen slashers that like I know what you did last summer yes. like you know those ones right mm-hmm. like urban legend scream like all those and what I love is like how ingrained like pop culture was into like horror movies at that time right but also like something about like imminent danger and like the final girl scenario was like very sexy right like there was this very sexy vibe of horror films back then where it wasn't just like torture porn it was like you (laughs) cheered for like (laughs) you cheered for your like protagonist you're like yes "Yes, Sydney kill that bitch (laughs) so true you were so rooting for her um and I love that and also like I don't know. There's just like a vibe about them that was like really fun for me. Like I'm a big slasher flicks girl. Like I love, you know, of course, like the actual, like for me, those films like aren't really scary, but they're like, they're just good. Yeah. They're like kitschy in a good way. They're, they're, yeah. There's like an essence about those. It's like the late nineties, early two thousands, like very, yes. Unbeatable. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Like I know what you did last summer. That fucking shit scared the fuck out of me when I was, what did I watch? I was like six. I was like, holy fuck. But now watching it back, I'm like, girl, 
I'm here for You're like, it. Like this is the best. Yeah, it yeah. is the best. Like, Something was just so cool about like horror films back then. Even like those that weren't like slasher flicks, like your Final Destination. There was something like cool about oh those God, movies. Final Destination. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Just got kills. Dude, that movie. <laughs> holy fuck. You know what it is though? I love, and I think you and I as, I, as content creators, I guess I would, I, I say I'm an artist, but like now that I'm venturing into the podcast world and I mean, I, what I do is not that different from what you do as far as like makeup and like looks and creating vibes for people. So I guess in the way that, that's where I'm connecting with you, but the pop culture celebration in those films are so heavily, like it's so revered pop culture in general, which yeah. like, I love that. Like I remember, but you know, what's funny. Those kind of movies start out like how other teen movies start out. Like, you know, like it's like the beginning, it's like some, you know, vitamin C song is playing at like a high school, yes. or, you know, like it <laughs> always starts the vitamin this- C song. <laughs> It always starts yes. the same way. It's like pan in from the top, go down, zoom into the classroom, you know, hot, yes. sexy girl, hot guy. It's just like, it's everything that I thought high school was going to be and absolutely nothing like it was. I was waiting yes, at every right? corner. So for disappointed. Fucking, yeah, literally. Yes. Literally. I'm like, where are the parties? Where's the booze? Where oh, the fucking... Yeah, exactly. You know, I love it. No, pop culture is yeah. so... I love pop culture. I think it's really important. And I know like the late nineties were such a heyday for pop culture. A I'm, moment. Such a, a moment. moment. No, literally. Oh my gosh. Y2K. Are you kidding? Freaking. Oh, just, just everything. <laughs> Fashions. The, the sequin boleros of the early two thousands. Listen, I was getting oh, my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I look like a hot fucking mess. I think that's when um, Kim Kardashian first like really exploded onto the scene and like she was right. wearing these big ass fucking ridiculous waist belts everywhere. Yes. And like me at like, what was I like, what, 14? No fucking waist. Like I had no shape. <laughs> I'm sitting over this huge chunky ass belt that's basically right. the size of my torso. Yes. And I'm like, I think I'm the hottest shit ever. Were those like the stretchy ones terrible. that like hooked up in the back? Yes. Like the belt the was fake? With, with, the, with the, the patent leather on the front, the big yes. buckle. Oh, oh hell yeah. I die. It's so and it's terrible. like you don't wear it at the waist. Like you wear it right under the boobs. Like it's totally yeah, amazing. right under the boobs. And then you have to get like layered, um, you know, layered necklaces. And, oh yeah, like, you know, your Capri Sun mm-hmm. purse. Did that hit? Was that? Oh. In- <laughs> <laughs> Those were so Take big. Me back. <laughs> oh my god, with the ostrich feather like lining, and it's like yeah, terrible, terrible. Oh my gosh, that's so nightmare. Funny. Oh my god, I'm obsessed for it. Well, yeah, cool. I. That stuff is is always like so sentimental to me, like that late '90s, like early 2000s, like absolutely. Yeah, it's just like the music, the TV shows, like everything. Like people had house phones and went to Blockbuster. Like it, it's right. very like nostalgic. I feel like everyone could kind of relate in a way. Like there was, there's so there was, there's so much technology now. There's so much diversity and like interest, and there's so many like niche markets and so many like micro communities on the internet that are very like in their own right like they have so much culture but there was such like an overlying like everyone kind of deals with the same bullshit in those in that era right before it got it's like you know like the sidekick like we were not worried about like the sidekick was a moment the fucking blackberry was a moment like now everyone has iphones and is so casual it's like having fucking yeah in your house like oh yeah i got an iphone you know Uh, it's uh, like we can't appreciate the the i don't know it's like in the aesthetic of it all like everything was so like vibrant everything was such a like everything was such a mood it was like yeah i have a hot yeah. orange fucking apple macbook 
Like why? Why yes. Elle Woods? Why do you need an orange fucking Apple MacBook? Yes. Because she wanted one. I, you know what I think too? Like specifically like the late 90s, early 2000s. Like I know we have like access to way more, you know, other, you know, other cultures and like we have access mm-hmm. to this a- array of like different, you know, countries and, you know, languages and everything. Right. And we have so much exposure to everything, which is fantastic, right? Because we're learning more. Yeah. Um, and everything is like at the tip of our fingers. I think what kind of, I, I will say unified in a sense, like from a, like a pop culture perspective was the fact that like the 90s and the two the early 2000s were like the era of like the misfits like the fuck-ups like oh yeah you were the like the others like we're talking like um the craft like those movies were like oh, those are yeah. the girls you want to be you know oh, what i mean yeah. like the weird and then who are yeah. Like, yeah and so i think that unified everybody because everybody at some point especially when you're like young and you're in middle school and even you know high school especially like you all no matter who you are you feel like the other you could be technically the most popular girl in the school but you mm-hmm. feel othered like yeah. at that moment oh, absolutely like everyone does at some point so it kind of like spoke to everyone yeah oh, um yeah i love that yeah so like, i think i think that's what about it like you feel like you could be that person Right. And it feels like, I mean, and maybe that's like coming back to the podcast thing. You kind of feel like you're friends with those people. Like you relate in a certain kind of way. Like watching those movies feels like you're hanging out with your friends. Like you're up here doing your witch's brew and, you know, casting spells on the mean popular bitch. You're like, I hope you hear a podcast. Yes. Get away. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) You're like, get that bitch. Get that bitch. I love it. So what in your mind does success look like for you in the realm of being an influencer and having that kind of space in that audience? Yeah. So I I think initially when I first started creating content or when I first like ventured onto YouTube, I like really wanted to like be this huge influencer. And now that I've kind of been on the platform for a while, I I don't really have a desire to be like a mega influencer. I just don't like, I kind of like, I would like to ideally hit like, you know, maybe 150 K, which sounds like it's really huge, but that's max that I would, I would want to hit. That's max that I'd want to hit. But keep in mind, like, I'm very, very, very small right now. I think I'm at like 3k on YouTube right now. Like I'm tiny. Well, I mean, I know that in the marketing um, sphere though, like those are the people that actually get the most, I mean, I don't want to like put a business, you know, spotlight on what you do because I think what you do is important and like not the money business side of it. But I know just from doing research that like those micro influencers are the people who actually get the most kind of return on investment as far as like putting things out for the audience. I think the problem with um, you know, content creation and not even content, content creation in general, but just like, yeah, just like the whole influencer sphere is that everyone is very secretive. And like, of course you can't Mm. tell like what specific brands, like what, how much you got paid for a specific like contract or whatever. Yeah. Um, because it could be in breach of the contract, but I think that there's a huge problem within the like community where people are afraid to like share trade secrets because Mm -hmm. they feel like someone's going to take their spot or like do what they do or, you know, and I I just feel like that's toxic as fuck. Like, listen, there's room for everyone. Oh yeah. And you should be the person. Yeah. Yeah. You should be the person that you wish was like there to help you when you started. Like a lot of people have the mentality of like, oh, well I had to figure it out. You can figure it out too. It's like, why? Yeah. Who does that help? Yeah, exactly. 
Yes, exactly. Um, but I will tell you, a lot of smaller influencers do not charge these brands and they need to. Mm. And that is the problem. I, I've, see, I've seen, and I have friends who were getting, you know, contracts right. with less than a thousand subscribers and followers mm-hmm. online um, because wow. their community was so engaged and because their analytics were really good. Yeah. So if a brand really likes your aesthetic and your analytics look good, so your, you know, your engagement rate, like all of your followers are engaging with your posts or your content, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're getting reshares, you're getting visibility and things like that. Yeah. That looks a lot better to a brand than someone who has 20,000 followers that but can only get a hundred likes, right. you know, or, you know, like 20 comments, right? Like they, they don't want to pay you to promote to a large fan base that isn't going to see anything they would rather pay someone with 600 subscribers who you know 500 of their their subscribers or their followers are going to see and engage with that post right it just yeah it seems like it breaks down to like the quality of what you're making versus and also i feel like that plays into authenticity of like self absolutely really want to engage and really want to talk to people who they feel like they know or they feel like they know someone like that person yeah yeah or or someone that they can like you know like relate to I'll say for myself like I I would love to always be glamorous okay but I'm fucking not that girl I'm not always (laughs) super glamorous right like I I am really um you know I can sometimes be a space cadet I can sometimes be like very like (laughs) goofy or you know annoying and some of my subscribers would be like oh my god you're so annoying haha like I love it though like right I I, like you know I'll complain my my humor is very like self-deprecating which I think is like an LA thing it must be a west coast thing I'm like oh my god I'm the fattest bitch alive like I just (laughs) ate xyz and everybody would be like shut up and I'm like no I just feel terrible I had like three m&ms and such a heifer That's it's hilarious. like, bitch, it was not the M&M's. It was the French fries that you had earlier. I <laughs> like, know. stop playing yourself. That's so <laughs> But funny. yeah, like, I'm, that's, like, that's my humor. I'm very, like, self-deprecating. And I think it's funny. I, I love it. I'm, well, like, really yeah, If you can't poke fun at yourself, who can you poke fun at? I mean, not that you should be poking fun at other yes, people exactly. in general, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> I mean, reading a bitch might be necessary at some points in Sometimes life, Sometimes but... you have to read a bitch, like, hooked on phonics. Sometimes you just have to. <laughs> You don't have a choice. <laughs> I love it. That reading is choice. fundamental. I'm into it. Is it is fundamental. I love that. When you, okay, so whenever you do find contracts with people or whenever you do like work with these companies, so for me, like I've done a shit ton of free work. And the thing is like, I have not bad business brain, but I have like overly nice friend brain. So over here, I'm like, oh my gosh, that person needs help. And I know that I could help them out a lot. And especially doing like design work and stuff like that. It's a lot easier to just hit somebody up and be like, hey, do you mind if I help you? Blah, 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 or whatever. And I think now that it's like, now I just feel like sometimes I'm getting taken advantage of, you know, like it's not in a bad way. That happens too. That happens too. As a creator, you have to like protect your space. Like you have to like protect your environment and your, like I I started getting really into photography and wanting to like learn how to use my camera better and like take really beautiful images. And I, what I found is that, you know, 
some of my friends were like, yeah, sure. You know, I'll let you practice on me. And then some of my friends got really like addicted to it or they really liked it. Mm-hmm. So when I would notice that they would only hang out with me, like when they would come hang out, they'd be like, oh yeah, why don't you like do my makeup and then take my photos and then like edit them and then send them to me for uh, free. And I'd be like, wait a minute, that's not mm-hmm. fun. That's work. <laughs> right, right. Because like, it's like, ultimately, like you're doing that for, I mean, necessarily, not necessarily for money, but like, that is your work. I mean, it is like, it's no joke. Yeah. Like it takes time. Like, bitch, I'm a whole, like, I was just a whole makeup artist, production assistant, like yes, photographer. Exactly. Like, like check the stylist. CV page. Yes. I'm <laughs> yes. everything. Let's just I'm tick like, off the boxes. I'm doing everything. Yes. Right. I'm happy doing all of this stuff right now. And, and it's like, you oh, can't even tag a bitch. Right. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> so true. Gosh. And so I, I started like charging. I started charging Good. my, you know, like friends who asked questions and would want to like take photos. And I would say like, mm-hmm. Hey, like, you know, I'm cool with doing a couple for you, but if you want like a whole production and you want multiple, because my editing, like I'm very like, um, you know, I started really loving editing and learning mm-hmm. Photoshop and like trying mm-hmm. to get better with it. And like yeah. the whole process of editing and photography is like, that's where all the magic happens. Definitely. And, um, you know, I just kind of would say like, listen, you, you, if you're wanting like 15 edited photos back, like you have to pay me for my work that takes hours. Yeah. That is, yeah. That's hours and hours of work. Like not in hours hours of work. Yeah. Yes. That's hours of work. It's like very Mm -hmm. fine detail too, especially once you start really learning the art of editing Like skin retouching and Yeah. yeah, 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 stuff like that skin retouching like so that it doesn't look like we're not talking like facetune hacks we're talking no. like really detailed like right. you know um skin retouching that takes hours just to make sure that you still have texture on your skin but it looks beautiful and like yeah. smooth and finished listen i was like there's no way like i you know friends no. friends but I'm not when you start friends. to take yourself seriously other people have to take you seriously too that you know what Ed, fuck yes that's exactly right i mean that is, I think that's like the essence of, damn girl, you just spoke to my soul. That really just got me when you said that, because it's so true. Like for you yes. to take, for you to take yourself seriously, or sorry, for other people to take you seriously, you need to take yourself seriously. And that's, that's yeah. so fucking true. Because if I don't believe that I, like my work is worth getting paid for, like, why should you believe it? Girl, damn, tell them. Say it again. You know? So some, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've literally like turned down contracts like from brands that are like, mm-hmm. oh, we'll send you a free wig and like you do promo for us. But like these brands will try to get you. Mm-hmm. So I'll be like, you know what? I can buy the wig myself if I'm interested in reviewing it. Like, right. and I, you know, but they'll say, yeah, we'll send you a wig or we'll send you some makeup. And all you have to do is a video and three posts and then a story and then tag us in it. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just promotion for, it's, it's good promotion for you. And we're, I'm like, how is this mm-hmm. good promotion for me? Right. I'm the one who's like getting you clicks to your website to people to buy the wig. Like you're making umpteen hundreds of dollars off of me right. and I'm getting a free wig. Like, no, 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 false. No. I Not think too. I mean, yeah. And it's important. Like if I feel like if you're going to get into this, like doing the research of knowing how much your voice is worth is really important because I think, I mean, for a lot of people, they probably don't realize that how much money these companies do make off of what they're doing, you know, what these influencers are doing for them. Yeah. And I would say like a good rule of, or not good rule of thumb, but I would say um, if you're trying to take a look at like your engagement rate a good rule of thumb is if you have more than uh, or 20 percent or more of the people who are following you of likes on a post Mm -hmm. and you want to keep around like 
you know, 30, 20, 30% like comments, like you want genuine engaging comments right. and a good way to do that. Like just kind of like from an influencer perspective yeah. is to, when you post captions, like think of things. So I used, I did this, I did this a couple of times. I did some like social media experiments and I really should have recorded them because I feel like people would love to see videos on them. Yeah. Um, but what I did was I would post, I, I did an experiment where I posted a joke as my caption. <laughs> okay. And it was like a really silly, like, it was such a fucking dumb joke. It was like, do you think that, that, uh, that dogs see like police, do see police dogs and think, oh shit, the cops or something like that. <laughs> and like that, that picture. So I have, um, I don't know, like 1600 people on 1600 on Instagram, something like that. I'm, I'm okay. really small still. Right. I would like to continue to emphasize that. So <laughs> I'm really still, I'm really small still. Um, but that post had like 6,000, um, engagement. Wow. It was like on explore. It has like, you know, 400 and something likes, tons right. of comments, tons of shares. I like found myself on Pinterest. Like, oh my God. It's, like, yeah. It's wild. Nice. That's insane. <laughs> it's wild. Um, I've also seen, I've in, it's crazy. Like, you, you know, you put yourself out there and you never know who's like watching. I like, I forget what I was doing. I was being a shady bitch and I was on Lipstick <laughs> Alley and I was like trying to read some gossip or something on Lipstick Alley and someone like, I don't know what caught my eye. Someone posted like a thread about YouTubers uh -huh. and I don't know why I clicked on it, uh -oh. <laughs> but I did. And then I got down this rabbit hole of like, youtubers and like then i went to like hair youtubers and like mm -hmm. i'm not gonna lie a bitch was like is anyone in here talking about me right like i know right You're <laughs> i don't like, know how big-headed i have to be yeah <laughs> as small as i am yeah. thinking someone's in there talking about my small ass so i'm like <laughs> searching for your name humble like, yourself i know i'm like i need to fucking humble myself no one in here is fucking talking about me like let me get out of this site bitch then i scroll across a post and it is a picture, like a screenshot of me from one of my videos on YouTube. No fucking <laughs> When I first started, yes. It was so embarrassing. It's like a picture of me from like one of my like earlier, much earlier videos. And one of the girls like, oh yeah, I love this wig. It's so cute. Like, you know, talking about the wig that yeah. I was wearing. And then like another girl comes under that and she was like, what the fuck is wrong with her face? <laughs> <gasps> oh my God. Fucking this rude. Back, <laughs> this is back in the day when I first started doing YouTube and I like kind of went ham with the Laura Mercier like, <laughs> under my eyes. <laughs> so it was like Trixie Mattel style. I, You're like Yes. It was like cake white underneath my eyes and then like bronze all over the rest of my face and she was like what the fuck is wrong with her face and then somebody else is like yeah what's under her eyes and someone else is like i think it's concealer and it was like the thread was terrible like they're all just trying to like figure out what's wrong with me they drag I was, like, her. this is a nightmare i know <laughs> i should have commented under it like drag that bitch i know like anonymously you're like actually i think it looks good for her first time <laughs> i know she's trying and I've d I did that a couple times in some of my earlier videos. And I like one subscriber like commented on one of my videos. I was like, oh my God, I love this. I, I love this. I look too much powder under your eyes, but you look gorgeous. And I was like, oh. You know what? But that's like cringe. constructive criticism though. You yeah, know, like yeah, yeah. thank you for the shout out and thank you for letting me know because it's a learning experience. Right? Yeah. No, I wasn't mad. I was like cringing because I was like, oh, she's right. It's so bad. Yeah. But it's, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. I mean, 
thank God I haven't been dragged. I haven't even gotten to like any kind of like, you know, I've made a, a few different things and posted them on like YouTube and stuff like that, but I haven't had any kind of like enge- outside engagement besides family and friends where people have actually given me their honest opinion. So whenever and if ever that happens, I'll make sure to remember that moment because I'll be like, okay, yes, just take it for what it is. <laughs> yes. That's another thing too. I'm like, fuck, like, I don't want to get that big where like everything I do is criticized. Like poor Jackie. That's I know. so like, true. You want to talk about the ghetto over here? My fucking Wi-Fi must be goddamn white because I don't know what the hell is going on. I'm so sorry, (laughs) (laughs) but I appreciate you bearing with me. So no, you're totally fine. Sorry, you were talking about um oh shit, girl. You were talking about your engagement. Oh, oh, and your size, Jackie Ina. Yeah, I was like, there's no way I want to be that big. Like you know, and I'm sure like her life looks amazing. She looks like she you know is like living her best life right now. And right. you know when you you are essentially like an internet celebrity, and it's really cool in that aspect. But also, there's a lot about celebrity that I am that is not appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want you know thousands of hate comments if like I right. you know don't seem happy with something right. Like I and I think too even with um, gosh, what is her name? Jacqueline Hill. Yeah. Oh, I God. love Jacqueline. She gained some weight, right? She oh, gained some her. weight. Poor Jacqueline. I, I felt I just felt so bad for her. She like gained some weight and like every comment. Like, I can't imagine. Like you're that big where like people take such an investment. Like they're so yeah. invested in your life. Definitely. Like a bitch can't even gain 10 pounds. Like, what if I just want to let go? Like, That's what if so I want to let myself go? Yeah, dude, being <laughs> under that like not even like tabloids it's like yeah but it's like it's even worse because it's like from individual individual like from people instead of being like yes seeing yourself in a tablet like have more access to you yeah yeah, they they have more access to you nowadays and even celebrities too like i wouldn't i would never like if i was you know a celebrity or you know an actor or whatever like Mm -hmm. i would never manage my own social media like i would have a person who would post my images and i just wouldn't even or i would like make a finsta and i would like literally that's what i'm saying yeah, to like like other people's posts, but there's no way I would engage on my own traffic because You're people right. are horrible in the comments. Oh like, yeah, they are. Jeez, I I just would never want that. Yeah. Wow. So I I'm I'd be cool with like a a large enough community where I feel like oh like I can say that I'm like a real YouTuber, even though like even that like sense is like very like um there's like a classist oh, like hell yeah, system in YouTube yeah. where you're like I'm like I'm not a real YouTuber, I'm really small. But it's like also by the same token, like fuck that. Like I've learned how to, you know, create videos and edit right. and I've learned how to like build a following. Like I should be able to call myself a YouTuber. But I feel like there's always like the secret judginess of other people that are like expecting you to be like really big. And if you're not like you're not real to them. Like you're not a uh, real YouTuber or whatever. Yeah. No, absolutely so, yeah, those but, are the same people who like don't fucking do anything and don't make things. Yes, don't understand the <laughs> they're not making actually, anything on their own. No, they're not. And it's like, girl, it, oh lord! Like you remember when Beyonce posted those photos? Not to shade Beyonce, but remember when she posted those photos and like she was looking snatched as shit, and then like her legs were all like wonky and wobbly in the shadow. Like those yes. people who were saying like, oh my god, you don't have ten thousand followers or like fifty thousand followers or a hundred thousand followers. Those people are the ones who are doing the fucking wonky leg uh, Facetune shit. Like, girl, yes. get out of here with all that. I don't need to hear exactly. all that. Don't come for me. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. And I, I think, too, like, that's probably a defense mechanism for them as well. Like, mm-hmm. I've never seen an ugly comment from someone, like, 
left on like my YouTube channel or like on my Facebook that like didn't seem like it was coming from like a place of hurt. Like, oh, who right. hurt you, boo? Like something is going on with you no, that absolutely. you feel the need to like just attack people that you don't know online. Like you have some issues you need to work out. So <laughs> yes, I always try to be a little bit, you know, empathetic. With, well, the grace thing you're you talking know. about, right? Like it's like yeah. just practicing that and that's such a good listen, point. Listen, it's difficult because some of these raggedy hoes, I'm like, listen, <laughs> you stank bitch. Yes. <laughs> but then I'm like, no, remember yourself, just calm down and, right. you know, give everybody grace. Because I don't know what I would have done if I was like, and hopefully I, I, you'd like to imagine that you wouldn't be this bad, but I feel like, I don't know what I would have done if I was like, in middle school with this much access to the internet and like my right. favorite stars. I'd probably watch like an episode of a TV show and be like so mad at, at like one of my favorite stars and go com like hate comment them on Instagram just because I have access. <laughs> like who knows? I could have yeah. done that. Like, <laughs> no, Buffy, seriously, Robert like, Pattinson, you I, suck. <laughs> you like watch a bad episode of Buffy. You're like, Sarah Michelle Geller, you yes, sucked like, you in this episode. A bitch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you I know, like, I don't know if I would do that. I might've, yeah. Right, yeah, you really don't know. Like that. It's so yeah. Sometimes I think of it too. that way. Like the, yeah, because you never really know. Yeah, you really don't. It, it was so like a Wild West show. Whenever I was in like middle school and high school, and I'm sure you feel the same way of like MySpace era, like tum like Tumblr at the beginning era. It was just yes. kind of like putting shit out there and seeing what kind of stuck. But now there's such a culture of like this is the way that it's done, or like this is there's blah, like blah, an blah, aesthetic. Blah. There's a whole oh, bunch of little yeah. Kylies out there. Okay. Yeah. There is. There's a whole bunch mm. of little Kylies. And I don't know if you heard, but um, Kylie is a brown skin girl now. That's what she said. Listen, oh. I <laughs> she posted oh, that on Instagram. And she got the that internet tone. stopped. Yes. She was like, brown skin girl was the caption. And Ooh. I've never seen a post deleted so fast in my life. <laughs> I was like, ah. Kylie, come Go on, girl. You knew better. Someone in your her. camp. I know. Yes. <laughs> Someone <laughs> It's almost as bad as like Kendall with the Pepsi company thing. Like, you know. Oh my gosh. Twitter was in an uproar for like a week about that Pepsi commercial. It was so funny. Well, thank God Kim finally got Kanye. Like, I don't know what the fuck happened. Kim, she needs to be, <laughs> Kim and Chris need to like get together and figure out what the fuck is happening. They're falling apart. I mean. Listen, it's yeah. It's crazy. At least it's good to know everybody's losing their mind. Like besides having yeah. money and everything in the world, like you can't escape losing your fucking mind during all of this it's just true I, yeah i think the crazy thing with this pandemic is so for me first is how many people are like not believing that it's a real thing and i'm like Hand listen i'm like it's real and they're like is it and i'm like but <laughs> there are people yeah. dying and they're like are they dying and i'm like this is like <laughs> are you <laughs> Like, is this a joke? I know. Well, they were here and alive yesterday, and now they're dead. Yes, so, and yeah. now they are like they're real, not... honest to God, dead to the bed. Like what? Yeah. Like, what and else? it's a lot of fucking people. It's not like it's like yes. missing from this weird it's town. It's not a handful. Like, it's not a no. sprinkle of people. It's awful. So it's it's just nuts to me um, that people are like denying. And like I think too it again is I feel like the same people who like if they don't personally experience it or it's not in their proximity like it doesn't exist to them right no yeah absolutely because it's like yeah that's like narcissism to a t though you know in my opinion it's it is that, that it's like a symptom of that just like where it's like well it didn't affect me or I don't know anybody who's had it or blah 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 blah, blah so therefore it must not be real and it's like girl get over yourself 
Yes. And it's crazy because it's those same people. Like if they were to get COVID, they would be all over the internet. Like you know it what? was true. They yes. were going to die and please oh, God, donate yeah. to my GoFundMe. Oh, Who knew fuck. that it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. GoFundMe culture. I'm like into yes. it a little bit, but I'm like, I get so like negative about it. I'm like, why am I not on GoFundMe? Like I need shit. I know. I hate to be like I that. Saw- but someone made like a GoFundMe that was like help me pursue my dream of moving to Hollywood like moving to LA and like they got like $13,000 and I was like bitch I need to pay some student loans off help me pay my student loans off no one's gonna donate to that GoFundMe but it's needed okay I know help me fund (laughs) Sally Mae please right (laughs) seriously wow yeah but yeah I think people are going stir crazy right now Mm -hmm. but I think too like this is a really good time to like I I don't know I'm kind of one of those people where I feel like you don't have to you don't have to be creating right now like I don't want everybody to feel like you're worthless if you're not doing a thing right now because you're at home um because I haven't been creating as much as I would like to I've been Mm -hmm. like chilling mostly but right but like when are you ever gonna get that that. time to do that yeah absolutely like when are you ever have kind of license to like not actually have to worry about so much because everything's kind of like up in the air like there's how can you for me it's like how can I expect myself to make 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 all of these different things when it's like girl I don't even know what tomorrow is gonna look like I don't even know what next month is gonna look like I'm over here worried about drawing some bullshit like no just live your life breathe yeah netflix and chill feeling comfortable yeah comfortability and and i think too like i noticed a lot with this pandemic is like how many fucking companies were full of shit because a lot of companies were like yeah no work from home i'm like excuse me how many fucking people are working from home right now do you know how how much money people are probably saving on childcare and like gas Uh and insurance and like true this is so much less stress than like you know, the extra however many hours in a week you spend just traveling to and from work, like. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's no way you're going to get me to go back into an office after this. <laughs> well, especially, like, you coming from no L.A., way. like, you know, traffic. Yeah. Is, well, I mean, even in Atlanta, but, like, L.A. is, like, quintessential. You know, that's what I feel like. That's a topic. Yeah. It's, like, took the 405 to the PCH, and then it was, like. Yes. <laughs> well, when I moved to Georgia, everybody was, like, why are you putting the before the highway names? And I was, like, the freeway names? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Wait, you mean like, the yes, Washington you're gonna take the, Yeah, you're going to take the 20. You're going to take the 520 <laughs> to the 20. You're going to take the Bobby <laughs> Jones to the Washington Row to the Broad. I'm here yes. for it. I'm so here for it. Before we go, I just wanted to say, like, I admire you because, you know, I feel like I was starting to make and you you were starting to make kind of at the same time. So it's really nice to be, to have, like, seen you be really supportive of, like, my journey. And also, I love supporting your journey. And yes. without getting into like too much detail on your own, um, you know, in, in your own personal life, but I know that you had some crazy tragedy happen a few years yes. ago. And I just wanted to like say, first of all, I'm sorry. I mean, I know I messaged you and all that, but like, I, first of all, like I'm still, you know, in my feels about that. But I want to say I'm amazed at how strong you are and how much you were able to like persevere through that. And I just wanted to know how, like, what keeps you going? Thank you so much. Yeah, that was, that was rough. That was like a really rough time in my life. I think, um, you know, really the only thing that got me through it was just thinking about what I, what I imagined my life to be like, right? Like, mm-hmm. and 
having, you know, destructive thoughts or, you know, allowing myself to get too bogged down by like grief and things like that, like that doesn't allow me to, you know, do what I need to do to propel myself to the next level, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. And I think, I think too, um, one of the most impactful things about that situation, um, and I'm like, I'm pretty open about it. I'm not like super, um, you know, closed off about it. It's not right. like super sensitive for me anymore, but sure. um, yeah. So, so I'm like comfortable talking about it, but essentially um, like for a, a brief overview for those of you yeah. who don't know who are listening. No, I just wanted to make sure because um, I didn't want to like bring up your business, you know, and like in no, front of you're fine. the audience, but I appreciate you being open. Yeah, please. Um, yeah, let us know. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's, it's not a big, for me, I feel like, um, I needed to kind of talk. It makes me feel better to talk about it. And it okay, made sure. me feel a lot better to talk about it when I was going through it. Yeah. Now I feel a lot better about it, but essentially, um, there's a situation that happened at the end of 2018. So this is, um, i at this point I am planning my wedding, which is right. January, 2019. Wow. Um, and my stepbrother, um, essentially like just lost his shit and, um, shot my stepfather, shot Mm. my mother, and shot my baby sister, who was 13 years old, um, shot her in the head. She died instantly, shot my mom in the head and in her back, piercing her lung, and, you know, beat her up pretty bad, and Mm. shot and killed my stepfather. So all of this happens maybe, like, three months before my wedding, and not that like my wedding was that important, you know what I mean? But yeah. it's like, it's, it's, it's a moment that's like so stressful and like um, we've, yeah. we've invested a lot of money into the wedding. So it's like, oh my God, we just spent like this money on a wedding and now like I have to figure out how I'm going to fly home and like take care of like my sister's funeral stuff. Like yeah. it was bizarre. I went from like picking out a wedding dress to like my mom being in the hospital, like, and you know, um, you know, in critical condition and me having to like pick out a casket for my 13 year old sister, like. It was, it was like, it was a hard hit where, you know, I, I remember standing in like, was I in the mall? I don't even remember. I remember standing in some clothing store and I was like trying to pick out something that I thought that she might like to wear, like in her coffin. Yeah. It was just like so bizarre to me, like going through that and then like having people call me like who were coming to the wedding like on the guest list like calling asking me about the wedding like while I'm in California like planning this funeral like it was just it was just a bizarre series of of events so it sounds like I I can't even imagine yeah I went through like some crazy like ups and downs because like you know she was supposed to be in the wedding and so that whole experience for me like getting married was like you know we were of course very excited and happy and you know, we got to a point where it was so close to the wedding, we couldn't cancel it without losing a lot of money. Right. Okay. And so we ended up, we ended up, you know, doing the wedding anyway. And so it was, it was a really beautiful moment. And like, we had a lot of fun. There was definitely though a part of me that was really sad that like yeah. she wasn't there and my mom like, you know, couldn't be there and, you know, couldn't fly and right. she was still in pretty bad condition. And so it was, it was definitely, um, a rough moment for me. I think along that time too is when I decided that I didn't want to dedicate my life to medicine the way that I thought I did. Okay. Um, and it was during that period in time that I kind of like gave up on med school, like after that happened. Yeah. And I think I did it mostly because I felt like you, you never really feel your 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You never really feel your mortality until someone really close to you dies. And then you feel like mm. you don't have enough time for anything wow. or you get like in this position where I'm still, I still kind of go in and out of where I think like, I am not successful enough compared to what, where I thought I would be. Right? right. And like, I feel very embarrassed in like my own introspection. I'll be like, wow. you know, this is not where I thought I would be. And I feel very embarrassed. And I feel like I don't have enough time to make up for the mistakes that I've made to like make my life worth what I thought it would be worth. Right. Okay. And so those moments, like when someone really close to you, especially a sibling, like yeah. passes away that way, you feel like, you know, what, what is my purpose for still being here initially, Whew. especially when it's like a child that dies, you know what I mean? It's like, she yeah. didn't even get to go to prom. Like she didn't have, like, I don't, I don't think she had ever fallen in love or, you know, some mm. of those, like just those things that you experience when you're young. Yeah. And it really made me question, like, do I have enough time? And also like the things that I'm saying that I love to do, like, are they worth it? Mm -hmm. And I, you know, one day I do want to like go back and explore going back into medicine for now. It was just easier for me to like pick up a corporate job and be like, I'll do this for a little bit. Like yeah. it's comfortable. And I don't feel, I don't feel like I'm in a position where anything that I, I do, I would be disappointed in myself for. And it's very like low maintenance in that way. It's like a very low maintenance job. Okay, good. Well, I mean, um, so, it's like, that, I mean, the stress of getting married, the stress of having to deal with like, not just like a friend, not just a sibling, but your entire family who you're, you know, thousands of miles away from, like, it just seems like, I, I, I don't know if I could like handle it. Like, I don't know if I, I don't, I, I, it just like wrapping my head around that whole situation, like makes me ill because of how yeah. much I love you and like how much I mean, I will never understand and I'll try to empathize as much as I can, but it just like makes me sick to yeah. even think about the betrayal and the tragedy. But yeah. the way that you were so honest and the way that you were so, um, I don't even, I, not open, but like candid about what was going yeah. on with you. Like it really, like, I don't even know, like makes me want to cry because it's so inspirational and it's so beautiful that you are teaching through your experience that you are like sharing compassion that you were providing um insight like it's all of these things that people would never have like i would never know how to deal with like you know like i would never even thought about that before if it were not seeing what you were posting and like talking to you personally and things like that so it's just it's you amaze me as a human being and I'm very proud to like know you as a person and a friend and I like thank you so much for being so candid about that experience like and I feel like it's important to touch on that because we don't I don't know I just feel like it's so easy to talk about like going back to the whole influencer thing it's so easy to talk about when things are good it's so easy to talk about yeah. my life is fabulous I'm in like San Tropez and I'm tanning or yeah you know I'm having a margarita <laughs> yeah. in Baja California like that's so easy to talk about but like when real shit gets fucking real and that was some yeah. fucking real shit like people first of all people flock or people flee like when you have something happen to you and people get uncomfortable they fucking flee and oh so, yeah like I hurt my foot over the summer and I've been like injured and haven't been able to walk and I've been having to do like physical therapy and things like that. And it was kind of weird to see like 
all of these people who I thought were friends or people that I thought would, you know, like send me like messages of encouragement and things like that, like completely act like they didn't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like things like where I would be yeah. like, oh my God, hey, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Let me know if you need anything. Literally like yeah. so many people that I thought would be behind me were not. So I'm just, I don't know. It's like, I'm happy that, um, yeah, I'm just really proud of you. And I- I, Thank you. I want you to know that I always got your back and like whatever you need, I got you. And, and like, I think it's so cool that you've been able to rise above it and like work past it and pass it and make it like a whole learning experience. And like, I'm, it's interesting that it gave you the perspective it did because this whole thing, not to compare my experience to yours, but like just this, um, just like a huge unexpected thing to happen to you where it's like mine was a physical yeah. injury yours was definitely emotional I'm sure injury and had so much other stuff going on but like it really changes your perspective and I don't feel like people you know can relate to that unless they've had to deal with something so it's yeah like, it's like I a think, black swan event like things that you just don't expect yeah. that happen and you're like fucking a yeah, definitely. And I think too, like you can't like the big moments, like when they happen like this, like you can't be prepared for them, but you know, you're right. Like it gives you a really good perspective and not just like, you know, who your friend group is and who you like communicate with, but also like who you are, like, mm -hmm. because, and, and I'll, I, I'm now to the point in my life and I don't know if it's age or whatever, but I'm now to the point in my life where like I take accountability first for any mm -hmm. of the relationships that I have in my life. Right. Wow. Because yeah. if, if you're not loving me or treating me in the way that I need you to, if you're not loving me as a friend, as a, as you know, a sister, as a daughter, if you're not giving me the love that I need, it's because there's a boundary that I didn't set right? Yeah. Like there's something that I didn't express. If I can't, right. if I, and this is something that like my husband's really taught me as well too. Like I can't love you the way you want me to love you unless you tell me how you want to be loved. Right. That's like so true. otherwise yeah. I can't give you what you need. And then you complain that I'm not giving you what you need. Like tell me what you need and I will give it to you. Right. Wow. And so yeah. I, I got to the point where I would get frustrated because my friends weren't responding in the way that I would expect them to. But yeah just like with any like romantic relationship with your friendships, you have to have boundaries and you have to set like, you know, I, I don't want to make it sound as like harsh as set expectations, but, but you're right. I, I would say that's so yeah, true. Expectations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. And I mean, I feel the same way. I, um, my motto for like, I have a yearly motto. I started this two years ago. And so like my motto this year was you let people treat you how you let people treat you. So yes. I mean, and, and that's so interesting. That's, that's crazy that you said that just because I, I'm definitely, it, it feels validating to hear you talk about that because that yeah. having begun this journey and I'm, I call it like detoxifying my life. Like I quit drinking, I quit smoking pot, I quit smoking cigarettes. Yes. Like I'm really trying to focus on making right now because I'm very passionate about that. And like, I have the space to do that, especially after hurting my foot. I was like, I don't really want to do that stuff while I'm trying to heal, but being clear minded yeah. And like feeling like a, like feeling like a different person, honestly, has really given me license to kind of, like you said, take accountability for your relationships and yeah. set expectations, set boundaries. So, and I, I think too, like another thing that people like I right now, like 2020 and really like since like 2015, right? Like the era of like the new, like social media and Instagram mm -hmm. or whatever, like self-care is like a really big hot topic and it's yeah. trending and hashtag self-care or whatever. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. but I also feel like 
part of self-care is like really fucking getting real with yourself, right? Because like at the end of the day, if you can't live with yourself without taking a drink of alcohol or, you know, and that was me too, right? Like I needed, I had nightmares after my sister died. I had to have like, you know, at least two, three glasses of wine a night to go to bed, right? Like then I got to a point where I was like, and if it wasn't like, if I wasn't having wine, I would have to like take Zequil or like Benadryl. Mm-hmm. I would have to like get myself sleepy. I couldn't just fall asleep naturally because I had guilt, you know, mm-hmm. I would feel like there's something that I should have been able to do or there's mm-hmm. something, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there were just things that I hadn't like come to terms with. Sure. Um, and things that I hadn't forgiven myself for. And once you start like doing the work, because everybody has demons, everybody has things that they are ashamed of. Everybody has things that they, you know, are embarrassed about, or, you know, moments that make them cringe, um, things like that. Like, those are the things that keep people up at night and like, keep you in bed. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Or, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. Yeah, totally. You have to come to a point where like, you can live with yourself. Right. without having to like involve because don't get me wrong your girl still loves a good glass of wine or two or three okay listen but like <laughs> yes. I had to get to a point where like I have to be okay with me because right. I'm the one who has to live with me for the rest of my life so if I can't like be okay with like everything that I like you know with my decisions and like at, at to, to some point if I wasn't okay with the decisions I made, be okay with like forgiving myself yeah. so that I don't get to a point of like self-loathing or self-hate. And then you right. start being destructive and like, you have to just like, and that work is hard. Oh, like that God, self-care yes. is not like pretty fucking cucumbers on your eyelids. Like that right. self-work is like, that self-care is like work. It's like it confronting like traumatic shit that happened to you when you were a kid and like- Oh, hell yeah. Con- and yeah, and confronting it and being like, I'm never going to get an apology for some of these things and having to accept Girl, it. That's damn, it's so fucking true. You're, I mean, this is like, it's so crazy. I mean, it's, you're speaking right to me. I, I'm glad that, damn, I'm so glad we talked about this. It's so, it's so important. And I feel like these kind of conversations that we can have will totally resonate with so many people because I've heard them being talked about on other podcasts. And this is the whole point yeah. of like, why you know this is really a lot of the mentality behind doing this is just to get these kind of conversations to get this um i don't want to say self-awareness but to get to that point where people can be like i had to deal with some fucked up shit or i am dealing with some fucked up shit or whatever and being like it was hard it was difficult it was nasty it was dirty to deal with this but at the end of the day at the end of it all i am learning about myself i'm becoming a more holistic person i'm learning about myself as a as a whole being instead of like different facets of who you want to be, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I got to that point a lot too, of like, you know, confronting some of those, like some of those tormentors of my childhood, like just, mm-hmm. just those voices that you hear in your head when you get older that like tell you you're not good enough, you're not smart enough. Like those little things that people have that are nagging. It could right. be from bullies. It could be from people who like, you know, were even in your family, like things like oh, that. Yeah. You have to confront those when you get older and like, you're never going to see those fucking people again. Right. You're never going to get an apology. So you no, have you to fix that internal talk exactly. because until you can stop, I think I read something somewhere that said like, it takes like 27 compliments to undo one negative thought that you say wow. about yourself in your head. Something right. like that. I'm, I may have ma- been making up 27, but it was a lot. It was <laughs> like a fucking 23 lot, okay? and a half. Okay. <laughs> you have to say a lot of nice things. <laughs> right. And so when I think about that and I think about how like your body internalizes things, I was reading, I started reading this book 
um, because, you know, I'm still very much like a medical and science. Right. It's, um, it's called The Body Keeps the Score. And okay. it's essentially about how trauma can manifest physically. Right. Um, so past trauma can manifest, um, you know, in, into your physicality and like the yeah. way that your body responds to things. And you wow. can very much like have um, showcase signs of PTSD from things mm -hmm. that happened a really long time ago and signs of trauma and anxiety and depression and things like that that manifest um, even causing physical issues like elevated blood pressure and stuff mm -hmm. like that, right? Like just from traumatic things that you've experienced. Right. It's right. so insane. And when you think about confronting stuff like that, um, it's really tough. And some people like, you know, our parents and our parents' parents, they never did that work. Right. And a lot of times they are still very stuck in their ways and like afraid to make changes or forgive themselves for things. Oh, yeah that's what they know. That's how right. they grew up, you know? And I got to a point where I had to learn how to self-parent myself again. That's oh. something that's oh, really God, big. Yeah. You oh, have to yeah. learn how to parent yourself again. And mm -hmm. it, it was, it's crazy to do that because you feel like as an adult, like you want to do what you want to do. You're an adult. Right. You're but like, I'm an adult. I know what to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but parenting yourself again is like, it makes you feel good. Like giving yourself whatever you didn't get as a child or whatever you feel like you were missing as a child. You can give that extra love, that extra, you know, gentleness and, it, you know, that kind of like room to make mistakes that That's you so wish true. that you had received. You right. can give that to yourself as an adult. And it's like so impactful. I love that. So to round out this conversation and thank you for all of your time, I would like to ask you, what makes you feel empowered? <sighs> what makes me feel empowered? Really just creating, creating, mm. just being myself, being myself on camera, like being like shamelessly me and being able to show the world who I am and not be afraid of whatever the response is going to be. That makes me feel empowered. Like I am going to be whoever I am and you're either going to have to deal with it or find someone else to like. And that's there you it. Go. And that feels empowering to even say that. Like, yeah. it's, um, you know, the power is not me being confident about who I am. The power is me not caring whether or not you like it because I'm going to be confident either way. Awesome. So the, the, the power comes from being okay with just yeah. being me and being from okay within. with whoever likes it. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like taking agency over the fact that you are who you are and like self-care, self-love and just accepting yourself wholly. I definitely think that like, that will take you anywhere, you know, truly. Is that just idea yeah. of like- I love who I am and you can take it or leave it. <laughs> yeah. And, and even still, like, you know, like I don't love who I am all the time. Sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah. wow, like that was a shitty thing that I did. But True. like having that autonomy, that autonomy to like recognize yourself, like recognize yeah. who you are, like know yourself, I guess. I guess that's my, fa my final answer now. <laughs> <laughs> like getting to a point where you know yourself is really empowering because you can navigate life a little bit better when you feel like you know yourself a little better. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your time. So Champagne, if people want to follow you, if they want to watch your YouTube videos, how can they find you once more? 
Yes, you can find me at uh, on YouTube, Champagne Taste on YouTube, all one word. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram, underscore Champagne Taste. Um, yeah, and Facebook, Champagne Taste BB, which stands for Champagne Taste Beer Budget. Long story. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I hope to have you back soon. Yes, of course. Anytime you want me back, just let me know. I'll be knocking down your door on your Zoom. Awesome. <laughs> Next time I'll be Thanks. more fabulous. Fabulous. You're always fabulous. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right. Thanks. Bye. Thanks again for listening to this episode of What's Cool, an exploration of learning and connecting through our passions. Would you like to get in contact with us about your passions? Do you know someone who'd be a great guest for the show? Send us an email at whatscoolpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at What's Cool Pod or on Facebook by searching What's Cool Podcast.